Episode 16 of the New Outriders Podcast. I'm your host, Talalan. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Lady Roxanne and Lord Lesarian. How are you guys doing tonight? Just wonderful. Doing good. Thank you. And with us tonight is Duke Quilin of... Of whatever. I think he's homeless at the moment. He's of whatever we ask him to play, and he decides to download. How are you doing? Duke both. I'm doing good. I mean, Hina is behind me as well, so she's like... Kind of here, but I'm doing well, doing well. Okay. Get her on. She's way more interesting than this guy. <laughs> Hiya. Hey. And a cameo by Mahina. <laughs> I think we need to open a third house. Screw the griffin and the unicorn. We need the nomad. Hey. Quilin and I can start nomad house. There we go. There you go. Well. It's still, still not as cool as a unicorn. I'm just saying. Don't, don't, don't start. <laughs> we don't want to go there. So it's been three, four weeks since we last met. Uh, how are you guys doing? Well, we're doing great. Well, that's not a rounding, you know, uh, chime in there, guys. Um, I've been doing great. I've been playing a lot of Rift and peeking in every winter, every once in a bit. Um. So that's what I have been doing. Now that last that last the last time we, we we had a podcast it was just me and Tyler, right? Yes. We talked Rift um in the lead up to the Unity event. And I apologize for that. I just you know, my mother in law's been sick and I just completely forgot, so I'm sorry. Sorry. Because just because you're almost twenty nine at age. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lass and I were at the restaurant, and the waiter just kept coming up and going, is your date imaginary tonight? So, you know, you stood us up, but that's fine. I'm sorry, guys. See if we ask you out again. (gasps) Aww. (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) I've been been playing Warcraft, of of course, and then I just peeked my nose in here recently to Star Wars, checking that out. And with, were. with with the baby, I haven't been playing much of anything. Um, if you follow the the X Games forum, I believe that's what last called it. Uh, the general, yeah, X Games forum on the Norboards. I've been playing Rogue Legacy, a single player game, so I can you know hop in for fifteen twenty minutes at a time while the baby's asleep or in a good mood where he doesn't need constant attention. Um, I do that, but otherwise I haven't been doing anything multiplayer. I feel guilty playing anything multiplayer just because even if my wife, you know, if it's like my wife's turn to watch him or whatever, if he's fussing or whatever, I don't want to play. I'd rather just go make him happy. And, and Mahina, what game have you been playing lately? Um, <laughs> the Sims. Okay, she's she's done. Oh, no, not the Sims. I just graduated college. All right, I haven't had a whole lot of free time. That's right, you just did. Yeah, Yeah, congratulations, Mahina. Congratulations. Fantastic. 
now on her days off, she can get my, get my ice for me for my drinks instead of just sitting there sitting at her computer work. Hey. <laughs> All right. Tonight, uh, I think we're going to start with a little discussion about an article Mark Kern, uh, former Blizzard designer, current Red 5 designer on Firefall, posted to MMORPG.com. Uh, asking the question in the title, have MMOs become too easy? He wasn't talking specific. He wasn't talking about like end game content or anything like that. Most of his article was about things like, you know, quest icons or, um, in particular, the leveling curve for a game. You know, he pointed out that, you know, every time Blizzard releases a new expansion for Warcraft, they make the previous content easier to level through, and in his mind, that's a bad thing. Um, in my mind, that's one of the reasons I kept playing Warcraft. If if I had to go from level 1 to level 90 on a new character I decided to make, and the leveling curve for each of the expansions matched what it was originally, um, there is no way I would have stuck with Warcraft for nearly as long as I did. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm, just, I'm at the point now where I'm just the opposite. Because Warcraft now on New Tunes, I'm just like, I want to go, I haven't even explored all the changes from Cataclysm and all the zones. You just level, you go into each zone, you do like three quests, and you're, you're out of range for that zone. you got to go to an, it's just, I feel like I'm missing so much in the game. I know you can sit there and just do all the quests of the gray for you, but to me, my problem is now I'm just, you just level too fast. And I'm just, and that's my, my beef right now, I guess, with Warcraft. Well, I don't mind spending the time to level. Um, you know, I think that, uh, well, in WoW, I mean, if you remember from the vanilla, I mean, things have changed so much. It's so easy, so much easier to play that game now. And, and that's part of, part of the thing that I hate about it. You know, it's, it's so easy. It's, and I know you don't like the term dumbed down, but, you know, that's how I feel about it, you know, and wow, when it first came out, it was wonderful. It's a wonderful can, you give, can you give an example of how it's dumbed down? Yes. Um, you know, the quests are easier to do because they show up on your map now, and before, you know, you had to figure out where things were. You know, that's the same way in Neverwinter. That's one of the things I don't like about it is, like, you have the little sparkly path, that leads you to where you need to go for your quest. And so you level up really quickly, but you're not enjoying the zones. You know what I mean? You know, if um, you press Z, that sparkly path goes away. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. That, um, you know, the games are easier than they were back in Ultima Online times, you know. Although they did dumb that, ga- that game down quite a bit towards in the, the time I played there. I guess I don't understand the equation between accessibility and dumb. That, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I understand that you lose some sense of exploration if there's quest markers on your map. Um, I get that. I'll, I'll give you that. But is it dumber or is it less tedious. How many quests in the original 
leveling path for a while. Did you not know where you were supposed to go? You wandered around like an idiot for half an hour, and then you figured it out, and you felt like an ass. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't. I. I don't understand why. Why that's enjoyable or preferable to the alternative. Well, no. I mean, it's it's the entire approach is kind of flawed. So, you know, you're you're being you're basically being loaded up with these like either these FedEx quests where you just go drop this off or pick this up or or find this thing or accumulate X number of, you know, you know, vital organs from from creatures that you kill. So really all you have to do is find the creatures and kill them. So I mean, there's the rare quest really that unless you read it specifically that you, you know, kind of throws you off. But it's it's the whole basis of the grinding model of questing in the first place that leads to either one the frustration that you that you have with trying to either hunt these things down if they don't give you guidance or makes it somewhat simplistic and that's really i take your point Tyler. it's really the only way it makes the quests tolerable i mean they could they could literally remove the details like boar's livers or you know, hawk's claws or, you know, ostrich feathers and just put object A, object B, object C, and you wouldn't even really need to bother with the A, B, and C. You know, go gather object, 10 of these objects, go pick, you know, 12 of these things and go kill 7 of these. It, it, you know, the, the the labels are simply embellishment in a rather half-assed attempt to make a, a, a have some basis in lore or to have some storyline, when really they're just abandoning the concept of storyline altogether. If well, you see, and that's and you you mentioned that the the problem at the heart of it is the quests, and that's actually what makes me like WoW's approach about it because I mean we've all been doing this for a long time, you know we've all been playing MMOs for you know at least a decade. Um, some of us are rounding up too, Roxy, Lass, um, and Ouch. you know in in all the games I've played. You know, EverQuest, Dark Age, Ultima Online. Ultima Online was a little different because nobody knew what an MMO was at the time, but um, even the Realm, WoW, Star Wars, Rift, and Everwinter, the quests in all of those games are exactly the same. Talk to the guy, go kill the thing, go back and talk to the guy again. Yeah. Talk to the guy, pick up the thing, go back and talk to the guy again. So I guess if, if that's where your quests are at, I think doing what what WoW has done making it more accessible to get through that crap faster is probably the right way to go. I agree. And I think from a marketing standpoint, particularly if you're a game like Warcraft, you've got millions of customers. You know, this your entire business model is based on kind of being the Walmart of MMOs. Um, you know, you're not a boutique game. You're not really, you're not really, you know, uh, customizing your, your game or your product to any single individual type of player in the larger MMO community. You know, a fussier player like myself or maybe you, Tallow, might enjoy less of that being led around by the nose um, in exchange for more exploration and more time. Like, if, if I'm in no particular hurry to get to the level cap, which I'm not, you know, I'll loiter around in the zones and, and participate in the quests, and I'll deliberately walk instead of ride my mount just so that I can enjoy the zone. Not every player is geared to do that, nor does every player want to do that, and I understand that. Uh, but for Warcraft, I, I think from a, a business model standpoint, what they're doing makes complete sense to me. From an aesthetic concept, as far as just sheer game design concept, I don't like it. But that's just because of the type of player that I am. You know, you had asked about an example of how they dumb things down. The talent tree is the first thing that comes to my mind. 
um, when I think of how they dumb things down, not to my liking. I preferred when the talent trees were longer and more complex, giving the player more options to experiment. And that's another area where you and I personally disagree, but if you look at WoW's old talent trees and WoW's current talent trees, it's sort of funny because Neverwinter and Guild Wars 2 both sort of use both of them. In Neverwinter, you have your feat points that you spend every time you level up, and those are basically the old-school talent trees. You know, I want 3% crit with this one. I want 6% crit with the next level of it. But then on the other side, you actually pick the abilities that you want as you level. Um, it's the same thing in Guild Wars 2. You learn your, your action bar abilities, and I don't remember what exactly they're called. Um, but then when you level, you also get those trait points to spend, which are essentially more talent trees. So those two games are actually doing it both ways. Um, Star Wars and Rift are doing it sort of the, the old WoW way, and then what WoW has done is get rid of those trees and actually put three abilities at each tier, um, which is actually how I prefer it now, because, and this is just, you know, something that you and I just fundamentally disagree on, I think that most of those old tree things, um, there was too often a simple, it was, it was a math problem. You know, which of these things is going to get me more of whatever I need? If I'm a tank, damage mitigation. If I'm DPS, which one is going to give me that extra 0.5% DPS? And I, I thought that was boring. Two hunters standing next to each other that specced differently played exactly the same. And, and I don't see that as the way they do it now. Now, that could be, you know, you could consider that dumbed down because it's a hell of a lot harder to break your character now but it also makes the characters in WoW more customizable than they used to be because you standing next to another hunter who may be the same spec, you might both be marks or you might both be beast mastery, have now seven abilities completely different from each other that are actually part of your base class. Well, you know, and that's true. You're, you're right about that. Um you know, and I just wanted to say one thing, and this just popped in my head, but I think a good idea for Blizzard would be to offer people uh, the ability to just take, like if you roll a new character, just to take that character up to uh, where the new expansion hits. I'm sorry. They did, you know what I mean? they did that in Dark Age of Camelot. Oh, did they? And it was... Actually, um, looking back on it, most of the people who played the game, and I think the devs even commented on this once or twice, uh-huh. was ended up being a huge mistake. About a year yeah. in, they added it in a patch that if you had a level 50 character, you could start all your alts at 20. And it completely killed the game. And the, there were still new players coming into Dark Age at that time. It completely killed the game for those new people because there was literally nobody for them to do anything with. For right. the first third of the game, um, right? And I mean, if that 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 can be tough. So I mean, in WoW, probably not as big an issue, given that the game is forty times bigger than Dark Age was. But I mean, they tried that in Dark Age, and it was it ended up being a huge backfire, um, turning off new players because they had nobody to do anything with, unless they brought their own friends with them. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, but, you know, I was just thinking of the tedious... I actually loved the idea. Um, Yeah? As soon as they did it, I rolled up, like, four characters. It started at level 20. (laughs) And I'm like, this is fantastic. Right. Um, 
And then I actually had a friend join, and I'm like, well, now what? Oh, see, here's where that the uh, the mentoring system that Rift uses would come in quite handy. Oh, I love that. I yeah, love that. The about system from Rift or Guild Wars would come in handy in both those situations. Guild Wars, um, Rift is basically manual. Um, where in Guild Wars, if you're in a zone that's below you, they just drop you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like both of those ideas. Um, the fact that you can go and quest with your friends no matter what level they are. I really, that appeals to me, and I love the fact that in Guild Wars 2 and in Rift, events come up around you, you know, so it's not exactly like doing a traditional quest. Because I think you can just um, level up by doing Rifts, can't you, Lance? Uh, sure. I mean, if you wanted to, you could just go around chasing rifts all day long. I mean, that, I, that's kind of the thing that I, I've been plugging away at about rift that I that I like about it so much. There's literally so much to do, you cannot possibly do it all. And maybe that would be seen as a drawback, but to me, it just seems like whenever I feel like doing something new, there's something new to do, and I can do that until it bores me, and then I can go to do something else. And there's there's always something different to do. Are you ever paralyzed by choice? Uh, like to the Chinese menu uh, effect? No, I don't think so. Um, it, it's, it's not quite that bad. Um, it's just the right amount of, of busy going on so that you can. I, now I will say when the invasions really get ramped up, like some of the some of the rift invasions um, can make the zones quite busy, uh, so things can get a little chaotic. But uh, it's not unenjoyable. Well, you know I. I love WoW, and I still love WoW, and I miss the old vanilla WoW. You know what I mean? That feeling when you first started playing the game and how just fantastic it was and different. You know, and I wish that, you know, an MMO would come out like that. You know what I mean? That had a different approach to it than just the same old quest like you mentioned. Well, if you want to play a shooter, you could try Firefall. No, I don't like shooter games. That's because you can't aim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, you see, when it comes to WoW, the reason I'm not playing WoW right now, besides the fact that it costs money, is that, you know, I've, I primarily, you know, for the last two years played it with my brother, and at the end of Mists, we had separate opinions on what we want to do. Um, I still absolutely love WoW's endgame. Um, I love raiding in WoW. I think I think WoW's raiding is, is still fantastic. Whereas on the end game, he's a PvPer. And, if, you know, in Cataclysm, we had no trouble doing both. But in Mists, for whatever reason, we couldn't get on the same page, so we just, our, our little cadre of people sort of fell apart. That's fine. All the other good games are free, so... Free is better than $15 a month. Yes. Yes. Well, Bo, did you uh, notice a difference in myths as far as the PvPing and the rating went? Because I know you, you rated quite a bit. Um, no, actually, I, I, I've done some PvP the last few days, actually. Um, uh, Beyond our time was Halterac Valley's loves it, and Halterac Valley kind of hard. Um... I, no, it it still seems to be. I mean, looking for raid added, added a whole new, you know, opened a whole new door in Warcraft and made raiding so much easier. Um, actually, sometimes kind of funny. 
and sad at the same time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not a real big PvPer, so I really can't, you know, give a view on that. But, you know, I hop into it every once in a while. And one of the other big things that Mark Kern talked about was, most of it was really talking about the leveling curve, but at the art, at the start of the article, he lamented the loss of 40-person rating. And that's something I'll never be on board with. Uh, I can't, I can't believe that Blizzard's plan when they went into WoW was to try and get 40 people to coordinate on a raid fight. That was awesome. I'm sure, when you got it to, when you got it to work, I'm sure it was just beautiful. But I saw Nor's 10-man raid efforts. If that had been multiplied by four, I would have shot everybody in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, in a 40-man well, raid, I, how can you do it without having strict rules? Okay, we're here. You're not allowed to AFK at any point tonight. Last, you can't have coffee. Um, yeah, you had to. i got to say, 40-man was, in Lasma's 40-man as well. I, that that was fun, and I, I do miss that a lot. I agree. So, I mean, it was, he, Tyler, you're right. It was extremely challenging to, to organize it, to get it together, and to make it work. But when it when it did, and, and it did work, when it was working, it was an, a tremendous amount of fun. Yes. Yeah, and talk about feeling a part of something. I mean, yeah. And I'm not going to argue with that, that when you guys did it and it worked, it was fun. I just, as far as MMO design goes, that barrier is too high. The number of people well, that can participate in a 40-man raid is so small. Um, compared to the population of a game as a whole that, I mean, obviously they do 10 and 25 now. Um, starting in the next patch, there'll actually be a, a tier between Raid Finder and Normal that's flexible where the raid will scale based on how many people you bring from 10 to 25. Um, but I just, 40, well, I could not imagine. Yeah, but the thing is, when um, back in the 40-man raids, you know, people—I hate to say dumbed down—but I mean, people really played the game, and and they learned their characters, and they were in a guild, and they were tight knit, and you know, they could follow directions. But you know, I'm sure Bo can tell us about looking for group or looking for raid, um, and how difficult that would be. Difficult to. I don't to, to coordinate something when when you have different people. You know what I mean? I haven't done it that way. I mean, I really didn't do it when it was when you just went into the channel and a raid was looking for so many people. When you just when you do looking for raid now, you just push a button and then you show up in a group with you know twenty five other people or however many it is. Yeah, right, but. But I'm I'm sure they haven't all worked perfectly. You know what I mean? Well, I mean LFR is LFR is easy. I mean it's almost to the point where most of the fights are tank and spank and the DPS have to dodge a couple things. LFR is easy. LFR is there for the people who want to do the raid content in a way that doesn't mean they have to be logged in twice a week with a hardcore guild that's progression-oriented or whatever. LFR is not a replacement for actual raiders. You know, 
what what Lass has done throughout the game and you've done throughout the game, being an actual raider, learning your class, learning the fights, that's what normal and heroic modes are for. That's not what LFR is. LFR mm-hmm. is there for people who want to see that content but don't want to put that kind of effort into endgame raiding. Right. And it shows at times because you end up, oh, it's terrible at times. Well, yeah, let's story, Bo. Let's, let's have it. Yeah. What? Well, the biggest, I mean, obviously, you can, you can also pick people, and that, you know, that happens. There's a, a, a boat that comes up, and you pick the person. But you have a lot of people that just AFK and just auto-follow and, and don't do anything, and you see that quite often, but they usually get picked pretty quick. But, um, the, the actual fight mechanics, like, like Talos said, they've been dumbed down. Um, if you think of it like when we were going into Ice Crown, out there towards the end, we got the buff from the king. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it, you know, yeah. reduced damage by 10% or whatever. That's, that's kind of on the same lines as what Looking for Raid is right now. I see. And they've, and they've even made it to where if you wipe on a boss and you continue, you get a buff that gives you, you know, 10% more damage and 10% more damage reduction. And oh the more God, times really? you wipe, the more time, you know, I think you can get it up to three times you get this buff. And Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's foolproof, but that doesn't mean idiots don't get in there and act like idiots and, <laughs> you know, it's, you know. Stand in fire. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, as a healer, I can tell you, I would just stand there right in front of somebody and watch this person just stand in the fire, and I would move myself and stare at him. So he has to see me in the screen jumping up and down, yelling at him to get out of fire, and he would just stand there. <laughs> The the rewards for LFR are subsequently reduced from right. from actual raiding. Yeah, it's not a it's not a replacement for raiders. Real raiders are still going to okay. do the normal modes. No, it's like raiding with training wheels. Yes, um, and personally, I think it's a mode that more games should adopt. Yeah, I can say that. You know, um, and if you've got twenty five people and you really hate your raid team and you're a serious hardcore progression people, then, you know, one night you're going to make them do LFR, and the next night you're going to make them do normal, and the next night you're going to make them do heroic. Um, but you have to be a dick to make that work. Wow. It's also, it's, it's not a bad way to get gear. I mean, there, there are a tier, you, you, you can't get a tier set. So, I, you know, it's, you get to see the content, and you do get okay gear, you know. Obviously, it's probably towards the bottom of the line of the epic gear, but it's still, yeah. you know, it's purple, and you go, ooh, I got purple gear, you know. It's, it's a shiny. You know, I, mean, I, I don't mind the, 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 the concept of it. You know, I mean, obviously, they're the thinking, you know, to try to be as inclusive as possible and make as much of the game as accessible to everybody as they can. And I, I, it's hard for me to argue against that. I mean, these are the guys that are making the game, and it's their game, and they're going to run it however they want to run it. You know, as a player, I prefer the singular challenge of, like, uh, you know, learning the fights and, and gearing ourselves up and, and having the organization and the teamwork and going in and, and doing our thing. You know, I, I like that aspect of it. I'm really not interested so much in the gear as I am in the, the teamwork that, you know, comes with progressing in the end game content. Well, now that that's still, there's another thing, you know, Talo, I don't know when the last time you've been on, but but looking for raid, obviously, as as the, as as the higher tiers opened up for raiding, it it is at the point now where um, raiding in Warcraft or looking for raid the last, the final tier. It's hard. It's 
it drives me crazy. It's too hard. Um, and I think that's why they added that, that, that white buff that I had talked about. But um, the final tiers right now, it's it, it's insane, and you really can't do it unless you you everyone communicates. It's the typical rating atmosphere that you're talking about. So it's not a complete walk in the park, I should say. You know, to sum that up, the the final tier, like the final six bosses, it, it, it definitely takes some coordination and some people that are on top of the game. Oh, cool. Now, one of the other conversations I had with Lass, I think we had this one over Steam too, about this was uh, you are you're unhappy with MMOs in general because basically the one <laughs> the one thing that is the the focal point of every MMO on the market today is combat. Yes. And you're looking for something more. Yes. You care to explain? Uh, yes, I've, I've often bastardized Churchill's uh, quote by saying that Warcraft is the worst game out there except for all of the others. Um, <laughs> the the entire to, when I when I look at the games that we that we typically play or that we have been playing over the last twenty some odd years, um, when you boil it down, the the essential activity for the player is combat for reward. There really isn't. I mean, there have been subsequent minor uh, concessions towards other activities in the game that reward the player. So I mean directly reward them either with gear or experience or money or all three. You know, it's it's combat or it's really it's nothing um, with the exception of the few FedEx quests or gathering quests that you get. And of course Warcraft implemented it and so did Rift. You know, you get some minor experience for, for crafting or for, you know, uh, resource gathering, that sort of thing. But to me, combat is does not necessarily need to be the the end all be all of the game. In fact, it's it's really the source of a lot of the problems in the design, all of which are based on the you know 1969 you know paperback hand printed you know Dungeons and Dragons first edition of you know you start off at level one and you know you have these curved combat tables and you progress in level and your your combat capability curves as you advance in level as you. It, increasingly require greater amounts of experience. This is the model for every single MMO out there. And it was fine for tabletop games, and this is what we were talking about on, on Steam, when typically combat could take an entire evening or sometimes many days to resolve just one battle uh, because you were doing it all by hand and all of the calculations were occurring manually. Um, but with the computers doing all of the work for us, everything occurs virtually instantaneously. So the, the system has created this sort of staggered pyramid progression like Warcraft where your your level cap is 60 and then when they raise the cap everything below that becomes valueless um, I would like to see a game that explores um, something other than combat as the, as the main reward in fact I'd, I'd like to see a game that, that lets the player sort of decide what they seek as rewards and really just rewards the player for playing and this is this is one of those rare instances where I agree with Lass. But before we get to that point, which I think what he wants is the would be the first true sandbox MMO, um, I would like to see an MMO that actually has combat worthy of a video game. Um, you know, we've talked about MMO combat in the past, and there are games where I will say it's got good combat for an MMO. Um, at some point in my lifetime, I would like to remove that qualifier from it. I have never played an MMO that has satisfying combat in the realm of many other genres of video games. 
Um, button bar mashing, spreadsheet crunching, garbage. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just bored with. I would like, I would like something that's more, more skill based, more active, more twitch based, if you will. Something befitting in, you know, uh, any various video game, you know, action adventure game, or, you know, even, you know, like a 3D fighting game. You know, something that's responsive, active, and offers you a lot of choice, and I don't think that exists in the MMO market right now. Um, so I, I want to play the game that you you have in your head there, but, you know, before we even get there, I'd like to play an MMO that has combat worthy of playing. Well, I'm not yeah. sure what that looks like, um, the combat game that you're talking about. It's certainly an intriguing thought, um, and, I'm, and I'm sold on the idea because, you know, if, if the purpose of the game is to produce, is to provide the player with this type of combat, then then it's certainly a game worthy of of exploration or, or consideration. You know, I, I, I take your meaning. The only flaw I see in that, or either that or maybe it's, maybe it's not a flaw, um, you know, the, the Twitch games... Are going to favor, obviously, the the quick of hand and hand eye coordination. You know, the actual better player is going to be the better player, and and there's a certainly a virtue to the the purity in that. Um, but you're going to exclude other players by that means. In other words, if you're if you're not able to transfer some of the skills to the character that the player that can then translate into skills in the game, um, if you're relying solely on absolute reflex. Um, I mean, it's a game I might be interested in checking out, but I can tell you, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep up with the younger guys. I mean, you could still have certain horizontal, you know, skill-based progression, but things like, you know, flattened HP tables, you know, by whatever class you happen to be, you know, you level up, you don't get that extra 14% HP or whatever, that kind of thing. But you could still have... Horizontal leveling, where over time you gain new levels, new or you gain new abilities. You know, you can build your character differently than someone else. So there's still ways to do it, but I just I think the problem that I have with MMO combat is that it's all built around. Um, it's, that's all. It's really all built around networking. Um, every game wants to build their network in such a way that you can have you know the giant 200 person battle. Well, the more people you have on the screen and the more networking you have to do in that kind of in that kind of scenario, really the less you can do with each of the characters individually and you have to build a game that reins them in because you're dealing with the world of networking that we live in today. So I mean, the game I want might not technically be possible right now. Just resource dependent? Resource dependent, you know, it might just be a server can't process that many. Well, Planet Side 2 sounds, looks a lot like I think what you're talking about. It does. Although I'll see it in extremely lethal form. Extremely lethal, brutal form. Um, I think Camelot Unchained is a step in that direction. Um, and they're even adding a crafting class that doesn't have to go out and fight if you want to do that. Um, everything you craft is still for the war effort, you know, combat on the other <laughs> end, but there, there is a crafting class that way, and it's not going to have vertical re- progression. Um, Always with the combat and the bag space. Combat and bag space. Bag space is the holy grail <laughs> of cash shops. 
But, you know, that's that's where I'm coming from. How about you, Roxy and Bo? Are you satisfied with the MMOs that are out there today? Um, kill the thing. No. What did you say? Kill it. Kill the things. Kill the things. <laughs> kill the things. Um, you know, when, when I play a game, it's a lot more than the game. You know what I mean? I have to enjoy it. Um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, you know, I like the sense of wonder that you can have in a game. I've experienced that twice, once in Ultima Online. That was the most amazing game I'd ever seen. And the second time was with WoW, you know, playing WoW, vanilla WoW. So, you know, y'all can talk about the combat styles. I understand what you're talking about. But, you know, to me, it's the game is much more than that. Does that make sense? Yes. I've said for a long time that... An MMO is only as good as the people you play it with. Um, so while I just voiced that I'm basically unhappy with the combat in every MMO I've ever played, I still play them fairly regularly Yeah. because I found a group of people I like playing those games with. Um, an MMO is only as good as the people you play with. The only MMO I've ever actually enjoyed playing solo is WoW. And the only reason I enjoy that is because I've read all 15 novels or however many they've released at this point. So when I see something in the game that is tied back to that story that I've been following in the novels, I get a kick out of that. But that's really the only reason I like playing WoW solo. Um, in MMO, it's it's about the people you're with, not necessarily the game itself. But that's not going to stop me from wishing the games were a little better. Well, on that yeah. note, I'm, I'm going to ask Bo what, is, what has kept him in WoW for so long. Yeah, it was funny because I was listening to Kyle what he just said in the lore, and I've always been kind of an action. You know, I've, I've never been a role playing game type guy. Um, and and I, but I find myself over the years now getting more and more attracted to the lore. And Warcraft's lore is it's second to none. It's really good. And I do into other games, and, and Rift may be a great game, but for some reason the lore just kind of I was like, meh, okay, you know. Um, Star Wars, I'm, you know, Star Wars, the game itself, again, is just kind of, meh, but there's, there's decent lore there. I think that's why I'm picking it back up, because I felt bad that I never finished the, you know, the class quest line, so I, I want to finish that. That's been eating me up for like a year now. But, you um, know, Cor and I were just talking about this, Bo, and, and, and the, the, well, the single thing I enjoyed about that game were the, were the quest-specific the storylines were great. I mean, I, I think they did a fantastic job with that. That was very enjoyable to me. So I, I hear what you're saying with the Star Wars and the storylines and, and certainly the lore that we're all kind of familiar with. Yeah, that's that, that's that's one of my bigger draws here lately, as odd as that is for me personally. Um, but that, I, that's one of the big reasons I've held on to Warcraft is I've really enjoyed that lore. And and, and like you said, like, like Kyle said, Everywhere you went, there was something you saw that, oh, yeah, that was in that book. And, oh, yeah, that was in, well, no, I don't know, I'm really enjoying that aspect. Yeah, and that was, that was a good, that was something that kept me in Star Wars when I was playing Star Wars. Um, I played the two Knights of the Old Republic games that it sort of stems from. Obviously, I've watched all the movies. 
um, you know, played many other Star Wars properties. I know that universe, so when I see stuff in the game that's, you know, referenced in that universe, that it makes it better for me. Like a game like EverQuest, where Sony built their own world, or Rift, uh, where they built their own world. When I, you know, play through quests in Rift and I read the, the quest dialogue, I honestly couldn't care less. Um, it means nothing to me. It might as well be gibberish. Um, I'm still, you know, I've not played Rift a lot. I'm mid-30s, and I'm still not entirely sure what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I know that I the Guardians are a religious cult, and the Defiance are, you know, figured out how to come back from the dead without being a religious cult. But other than that, you know, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. And that's, <laughs> that's what's got me so excited about Elder Scrolls Online, is I've played... Um, you know, all five Elder Scrolls games. When Bethesda made them free, I went back and got Arena and played that. And I went back and got um, Daggerfall and played that, you know, besides Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, the three recent ones. Um, and I know that world. I know the history of that world. So, you know, Elder Scrolls Online is another game. That's why I'm so hyped about that one. I think that's one of the bigger keys of, you know, of a successful MMO. I mean, you can look at the Elder Scrolls and you can almost know or guarantee that that's going to be a good game. There's good base lore there. You know, like you said about Rip, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little lost in there. And and I guess Dungeons and Dragons, obviously there's a lot of lore there, but it's lore that I'm not familiar with, so that's probably my own. Well, opinion. and the problem with D&D lore is every time they come out with a new edition, they have this cataclysmic world event that's sort of like a reset button. And it makes it kind of hard to follow the lore from game series to game series. Like the, the Neverwinter Nights um, RPGs, you know, 1 and 2 that were by Bioware and Obsidian, those were, I want to say, 3rd edition. DDO is 3.5, uh, Neverwinter is 4th edition. And, you know, 4th edition, they introduced the Spell Plague, which, you know, wiped out magic from the earth. And then uh, Mount Hotenau on the Sword Coast exploded. And it's like every time they release a new edition of D&D, Wizards of the Coast goes out of their way to hit a big reset button on what's going on with their lore. So it's it makes it, there's a, there's a lot to learn and a lot to dig through if you want to and you want to read the novels, but it's all very disconnected from edition to, the di- to edition and game generation to game generation. Yeah, and that's really annoying. I mean, to me, you know, well, Bo. I have a question for for you, Tallow. Um, how do you think the games um, are going to translate over to an MMO? For Elder Scrolls? Yes. <sighs> It would be easier to say if we had seen more of the actual game. I mean, we've seen a lot in interviews, but when it comes to gameplay, there's really only the same two or three demos out there, and then what you can, you know, glean from the people who've written about it. Um, you know, at E3, they had a, a, a demo that many of the MMO sites played, and if you read their read-throughs, they all touch on the same things, but there's something different that all of them did, because... If you're going to play an Elder Scrolls game the right way, you finish the tutorial, and then the world opens up to you. It always tells you what you need to do to you know, continue on that main quest. That's wrong. 
that's not how you play an Elder Scrolls game. As soon as you come out of that, that tutorial and you're all set, and they point you in the direction of the main quest, you turn left. And whatever happens, happens. You go out in the world and you explore, and the quest is there if you want to do it, but you don't have to. And if they can get that feeling of exploration into Elder Scrolls Online, then it will have done something that an MMO hasn't done in a long time. And it will probably give that feeling that you probably had back when WoW launched. Yeah, I would really like that, personally. And I think they're doing some things technologically that should be standard in a couple of years. Um, No more realms, shards, servers, whatever. Just one big one. And, you know, I've, I've talked in the past that I don't like, I didn't like in Star Wars, you pick your realm, and then you, you know, you go to Coruscant, and there may be 15 different versions of Coruscant. I'm warming up to it if you do it in a way where there's really only one game server. If they spin up, you know, there's, if there's 300 different versions of Balmora, in Morrowind, in Elder Scrolls Online, that's fine if I know that me and my friends will all be able to access any of them without some server restriction. So, like, you know, Nora's on Ebonhawk in Star Wars. If my friend is on some other server, that doesn't work for us. One of us has to pay for a transfer or roll up a new character. I like that ESO is going to have one server, and while I'm not a huge fan of spinning up multiple copies of the same zone, at least everybody will be in one place. I like that. Um, I like that they announced that guilds will be account-bound and cross-faction. Um, the account-bound part comes straight out of Guild Wars 2. The cross-faction part comes straight out of Rift. They took those two ideas and put them together. Um, so they're, they're doing a lot of things that I think that you just have to do for players today so that they can play with their friends without jumping through all kinds of hoops. And if they have two different sets of friends that go in two separate directions, you don't have to make that choice. You can still play with both. Right, right. You know, and I I like that too, but I think that Nora as a guild is going to have to take a look at that and figure out, I mean, if a person's joins a guild and it's account all your characters are in that guild um, that could be a problem you know because we've had a problem with people representing other guilds in Guild Wars 2 you know um, so I don't know I, I think that's that's interesting uh, and we'll need to rethink a lot of things traditional nor values don't you think Lance? I, what Talo was talking about, I actually don't think that's... He's not talking about internal divisions or account divisions with the, within a guild, are you, Talo? You're, sim- you're simply talking... No, it'll work a lot like Guild Wars 2 does, where in Guild Wars 2, your whole account joins a guild automatically, and you can join multiple guilds, and you can choose which one you rep at any time. Um, ESO is going to have that same system where you join a guild on your account your whole account is joined to the guild and you can be in I believe they said five guilds um, yeah I'm not a big fan of that system I gotta say I think Rox is right I, I think people like to be in their guilds they like to be in their groups and, and I think that's, that's, that's I think that's a very small problem for Nor to deal with 
Um, I agree. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't know how many problems or actual issues that stemmed from it with with the Guild Wars Two branch. I know that in reading the the High Council meeting logs that it was brought up by one High Council member one time. It may have happened more than that, but I only remember it happening the once. And since then, I haven't heard anything about it. But I think that's a small problem for Nor to deal with. I don't think that's a huge issue. Well, that's something we'll just have to look at um, and try to figure out. Because traditionally, um, if you join Nor, um, you have you have to leave your main character in Nor. And um, in Guild Wars 2, we had an incident uh, where an officer uh, represented another guild. So, and I'm, I'm not cool with that. So, it's just something we'll, we'll have to consider and talk about because, you know, I, I think this is something that's going to be occurring more in games. Um, you know, I can see that system and it's kind of cool, but you certainly can't have any hiders. This is your real objection. Yeah, that's your real objection. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Nora. The rest of this is just a complete smokescreen, folks. If anybody who's listening to this podcast just wants to be able to sneak around on a private tune. And by the way, I don't blame you. And one, Norris always had to expand and adapt. I mean, the naming policy used to be interpreted much more strictly than it's, in, than it's interpreted now. I don't oh, yeah. think the actual text of the rule has changed at all. But the interpretation of it is much more lax now than it used to be. You mean are completely ignoring it? Yes. When I was in in Dark Age, your characters were basically required to follow a single naming convention. I had all the different variations of tallow that I had. And if I made a new alt and I wanted it in the guild, it had to do that. And that posed a serious, arbitrary recruiting problem for us. Because how the heck do we recruit somebody who already has three characters and they're all named different things? Exactly. So, I mean, it's, this is just another situation like that where, you know, Nora's going to have to grow and adapt. I don't, I don't think it's something that, that we can't overcome. Well, I mean, a strict reading of that line, by the way, requires you to have the beginning of your name be N-O-R. Hey, you know... If you're well, not running around with a with, with a with a tagged alt, that's because you're actually spying on Roxanne, and she doesn't have her aluminum foil hat on. Things are gonna happen. You need to be quiet. Do you know how many times Roxy has sent me a tell, a whisper on her non-tagged alt, and said, "Hey, this is Roxy." <laughs> at, what, at that point, what is the point? Well, you know, I. I think people have a right to privacy and, you know, the concept of, you know, you join a guild and all of your character slots are in that guild, I just don't agree with that. You know, I, I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way, and maybe that's because I've been in Nora since, you know, So what you want back is, in the day. What, what you basically need is the appear offline option. Just needs an off switch. She needs yeah. to be able to make a character that does not appear on the guild roster. That's yeah. right. Well, even not on, everybody needs even to if it's, even if it appears on the guild roster, if it just never appears as online. Like if I go to the <laughs> Nor boards right now, it says that um, I'm logged in and Tundra's logged in. But I know if I go to my profile, there is an option I can click that makes it appear as though I'm not logged in. 
Yes. It's the one that O always clicks. Yeah. And so that's, that's, Roxy doesn't need really the, the ability to have untagged alts. What she needs is the ability to appear offline. Because then it doesn't matter yeah. if it's tagged, because nobody well, gets to you anyway. That's true. So I never, I never do that. So maybe put that in the suggestion box. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, the naming convention to me has, was perverted from its original uh, intent. I don't know. When um, I read some say. of those, some, some of those old Nor rules, it sounds a lot like a cult. The reason well, for the naming convention is that we would have, when you used to be able to, when there's no guild tags available and you could just change your guild tags to whatever you wanted, we would have, like, infiltrators and, and pretenders yeah. posing as NOR, not, yeah. who are not actual members, who are posing as, uh, or having replicas of NOR. So somebody would make a minor change to the spelling of Roxanne and then come in and start, you know, throwing their weight around. So yeah. I mean that that's why the that's why the NOR at the beginning of the names and that's why all that other that's why all that business got well, put into the. So something that's basically outdated. Yes. Yeah, and and I'll tell you one thing: I have never had a character named Nor Roxanne. I mean, you know, I know that started during Neverwinter, uh, you know, Neverwinter Nights, but. Um, I never did that because I just oh, thought, what's the point? I remember in EverQuest One, wow, that, that was that was a big problem. The whole naming policy. I remember every day somebody was complaining about that. Really? Yeah. Well, about I mean, having to make multiple spellings or whatever. Or you'd get, or like new people, like I, I think it was just mentioned, new people would come in and they had alts, and I guess you had to. Uh, there was a, a rank in EverQuest, I think. Where you just had tagged as like a visitor or something like that if you were on an alt that didn't have the proper name. Or they did the hint yourself, Rui. It was kind of weird. Yeah, you couldn't talk in guild chat. You couldn't. It was pretty bad. Not too many people adhere to that anyway. I mean, there, I mean, I can probably count on one hand the number of people who who stick to that rule anymore. Well, I I know a high council member that that uh, quit over that. Over the naming conventions. <laughs> Pro or against? No, I mean, they were against it. You know what I mean? They were oh, against you got to tell us. you got to tell us who. I can't tell you who. Uh, you don't right know. Them. Meeting notes are public. Is it within the last five years? No. no. This was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and I don't blame him. I, I tried to talk to him. Was it Avatar? Because um, I heard he was crazy. No, no. it wasn't. He was crazy. I'm just going to take it. He was taking swings. Yeah. All right, yeah. now, I've said what I would like to see in the future, which is combat worth playing. Last said what he would like to see in the future, which is a game that isn't focused entirely on combat. Yeah. So we're we're both opposed. What would you two like to see in the future? I'd like to see unicorns and pretty ponies. So something that's in every game already. <laughs> With an actual answer, maybe? No, I'm, you know, I just, I look forward to whatever the future brings. Um, you know, I'm not opposed to change. I just hope that, um, you know, whatever games do come out and whatever features they have, that 
you know, people in NOR as a group can continue to travel down the path and have, you know, good times together and good friendship. Is that a good answer? No? Yeah, bravo. Yeah, golf clap. That, that was the sappy answer. Well, I'd like to see better graphics, you know, and something that you said, Tallow, I, I would like to see better fighting graphics. You know what I mean? Something that looks like a, a one-person game as opposed to an MMO. I want a game where the players actually avoid combat because it's dangerous and you can die. That would be interesting. I'd like to see more role play, but that will never happen. The most never of the know. people. Well, most of the people that play MMOs now, they don't care anything about role playing. Bikini chicks and chainsaws for me. <laughs> Isn't there a game out there? Isn't that like a, what is that? A Bioshock or what am I thinking? Borderlands. There's multiple games with <laughs> You can play Terra. Oh, what was yeah. that game I saw advertised on MMORPG? Uh, Scarlet Blade. You could go oh, yeah. That one is actually designed just for that. It's a giant pander fest. It is. It is fanboy service. Wait a minute. I'm, get, I'm getting a pencil. What was the name of it? Scarlet <laughs> Blade. <laughs> um, oh, Roxy, were, were you done with your... Um, Answer that you copy and paste. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. I I didn't like it now, but I I'm I don't know. I'm torn. I mean, I don't think combat can get really any better than what it is. I know it's nice to envision. Oh gosh, I, I wish there was something. But any game you play, whether it's on the you know on an Xbox or I mean, you're always just pushing like one button over and over again. You're clicking one mouse button over and over again. They're hitting the same key behind over and over again. So that's okay. That doesn't bother me too much. Um, I guess, again, I know I've been preaching it all night, but, but I'm just, you know, I wish some games would just get a little bit on the ball in storytelling and kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe they just need better writers or something. Well, like that, I agree with is you that something that yeah. you can, Is that something that you can deliver well in an MMO? Yes. Apart, because I don't think anybody's actually done it. I mean, most of the the good story elements I've gotten from MMOs come from books that I read related to the MMO. Well, you know, your your cross media finger on it. The difference between that is you've got writers writing books and you've got game programmers writing stories for games. And you shouldn't. You should have writers writing the stories for the games. Writers are expensive and they have feelings. When Warcraft came out. I mean, how many Warcraft books were out when that first? I mean, obviously there was the, you know, the RTS games that were... There were, were there, actually several books that were, were, there? were related to the RTS games. Because I played all the RTS games, but I never really, you know, got into the lore on that because it, it was kind of silly. But. Well, the first one didn't have any. You got a little text between your missions, but it didn't mean anything. No, and i got to tell you guys, I mean... Pardon me for saying so, and I, I don't mean to offend, but I have never been terribly impressed with the writing for Warcraft, or the lore, for that matter. Okay, can we go ahead and, and kick um, Lazarin from... You go, yeah, go ahead. That's I understand. <laughs> especially the, especially the, the Cataclysm-era books are actually all really, really good. 
Um, the ones that have come out so far in mists are actually really, really good. Um, as far as as far as you know, your action fantasy novels go, they're very, they've gotten very good. I think if you look at, I mean, you may not like the lore, but at least to me, they're they're, they're somewhat staying on lore, and there's nothing that's really, you know, nothing out there that's kind of like, oh wow, that really doesn't fit in the game at all, or in the lore, and you may space not like the lore. Yes, yeah, space goat. Well, no, they they kind of fit, you know. <laughs> Can I can I add something to my answer? No. No. Okay. Well, what else did you find to copy and paste? No, I'm not copy and pasting anything, fool. From inspirational no. poetry. Yes. No. What I would like to see more of too is Easter eggs in the game, because I love that. I love finding something. You know, when it's it just makes me laugh. You know, you know what I mean. And right off the top of my head, I can't even think of an example. Well, Warcraft had a ton of them. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I actually got suspended for three days once. Yeah. Oh, now you got to tell the story. It was back in vanilla. I broke into Mount Hyjal because the zone was there. Right. It looks different than it did today, and, yeah, there was, I mean, there was there was a graveyard in it very early on in the game. I missed that particular exploit, where if you jumped off a particular cliff in Winter Spring, you'd spawn at the Hyjal graveyard. Um, they got rid of that one really quick, but there was there was a couple ways into Hyjal early in the game, and they were considered exploits, and I did get banned for three days for using one. I got up there, I didn't get banned. Didn't you? No. You suck. And then there was that troll no, village that you could get into from Winter Spring. Yeah, I guess the troll village you could get into from Winter Spring. The airport over Iron Forge was a good one. The couple people got into the Emerald Dream. Um, that one was oh. much harder to get into, and it's never actually gotten into the game yet. Um, but Old Iron people, Forge. Old Iron Forge, yeah. Old Iron Forge is open now. Yeah, which that's there, yeah. You can just go down there. Oh, can you really? Oh, yeah, you I can go down that. there and see uh, Muradin Bronzebuild Beard. Or, not Muradin, the other one. Uh, encased in Crystal. Oh, cool. Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff like that. That was a nice little map. It was a shame they had it, you know, out of the game for so long. I, don't, I just didn't think they had a reason to use it. I mean, I mean, you could put it in just to put it in, but they didn't have a reason to use it. Yeah, yeah. That's just, this is, I'm a big fan of putting it in just to put it in. Yeah, and apparently there's actually a tunnel between the 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 air the airport and the city, but both doors are closed. So maybe that'll open up one day sure. when they redo the world again. Right. I was convinced with the flying mouse that they would open up, you know, the airport. Oh yeah, that was kind of cool when they introduced flying mounts. Um, and you could actually fly in the old world. I yeah, that came with Cataclysm. I like when people complain yeah. that you couldn't fly. Like when Lich King came out, and all of a sudden you couldn't fly again until you were seventy. I love all the people that complained. When Mists came out, and you couldn't fly again until you got to ninety. I love all the people that complained. Because um, of course you can't fly. It completely ruins whatever questing experience they built, you know, whatever you think of it. It completely ruins it. Questing in Cataclysm was 
pop your flying mount, go up in the air, avoid all the combat, come down on the thing you need, grab it, pop your flying mount, and leave. Well, to me, that says poor quest planning. I like that they just got rid of the flying mounts. That arbitrary restriction just seems better to me. It seems like kind of a half-assed thing. Stay on the ground. But what are you going to do? They could put mobs up in the air that knock you off your mount, which I think, personally, would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. There's, well, there's, I, don't, I don't have a ready-made answer. What I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't like it when a game gives you something and then keeps taking it away from you. And then you, you earn it back, and then they take it away from you again. I did that, I, I object to. I have no problem with that. That's the plot of some single-player games. Yeah. There's, a, there's an Easter egg in Mists. Um, it can't be more than, like, 20 yards wide, but there's a particular cliff on the east side of the Jade Forest. Um, there's a bunch of little islands off that side where you do, you know, different quests and stuff. But there's one cliff where if you fly at it, it will knock you off your mountain, you'll fall to your death. <laughs> and it's there intentionally. It's called, like, the Drop of Tears or something like that. Um, it's not quite that melodramatic, but I don't remember what it's called. And if you fly into it, then an invisible wall knocks you off your mountain. You fall onto land and you die. And um, the next closest graveyard to your body is not at all convenient to getting to your body. Um, so it's like a real pain, and I absolutely love it. I, I mean, I accidentally, I never did it on purpose, I accidentally died there like eight times. <laughs> and, oh, that's uh, awesome. And it's just, it takes you like, like 15 minutes to get to your body again. It would be cheaper just to pay the person and sit out your 10 minutes of res sickness. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, that's just mean, and I loved it because it was mean. Uh, even of Easter eggs, <laughs> is, is, is there any in Star Wars that anyone knows of or remembers? Or I don't know. I think they replaced that. those with the holocron cube things that you have to like go through all kinds of jumping puzzles and stuff to find, and then they give you like a, a small stat bonus. Like, the, the level 51 um, in the fleet is apparently just super hard to get, but it gives you, like, plus 10 all your stats. Um, yeah, there's a couple of, like, nods to the to the lore in the game that you would be aware of as a as somebody who watched the movies or something, but there's not a whole lot of, you know, out-of-character Easter egg stuff. Not that I can recall. Somebody who plays the game more regularly would certainly know better than me, though. Hey, they have an Ewok companion now. I saw that. Yeah, another reason it. for me not to play. That made me really, really mad for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, they had never discovered Ewoks. They don't discover Ewoks for another 5,700 years or something. But uh, I was I was wrong. They had introduced Ewoks in a pre-The Old Republic book. So Andor is known and it's forced. I, I like how you were mollified by, by fictional evidence. Yes. Well, they introduced it, so they retconned it in. Otherwise, if, if BioWare was just like adding... You know, we're going to throw Ewoks in because they're cute, but it didn't fit within lore. That would actually make me angry. Um, okay, that's yeah, enough of that. Let's talk about Rift. <laughs> well, poo. Okay, let's talk about Rift. Well, what about Rift? With the transition to free-to-play and the Unity event, how's the branch doing? Is it more than four or five people now? Is it? It's, it's, I would say it's, we're staggering a little bit. I mean, it's, it's up from where it was, which was kind of nowhere. Um... I, I think Lucido and Yulana had really never stopped playing, and, and Mez and, and Maltus were, were playing regularly recently. Um, since the glue, since shortly before the glue, in fact, a couple of weeks before that, um, certainly we've had a lot more people come in, poke around a little bit. Um, 
but we've also had some we've had some new players. We've got some new recruits on. We probably have about five new recruits. You know, I'm on every day. Imaltis is on every day. Core is on practically every day. Tatsuki just got on this weekend. Rox is playing. Burley and Sayella are both playing. Uh, OJ's playing. Uh, if I forgot anybody, I apologize. And then, of course, we've Gorguts. got... Gorguts. Oh, Gorguts is playing. That's right. Yeah. So, here's a question for you. Um, prior to the free-to-play conversion, when's the last time somebody got squired in Rift? Oh, my God. I couldn't even ah. hazard an answer to that. So, the free-to-play has definitely helped. I would say so, yeah. I mean, uh, there's certainly no denying that we've had an uptick in acti- both activity and recruits. And we're recruiting. I mean, it's not like we're just... I wasn't doing a whole lot of recruiting when I was over there. I was just kind of mining the store and letting Gustin and uh, Seb do their thing. So does that mean that DDO is now our smallest active branch? I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are over on DDO. I know Rift, we're running probably... We were running around six to eight people on a regular basis, like, say, last logged in the last 30 days. But we're probably up to, that's quite a bit more than that. It's probably on average 20. Not all all at once. We probably get five, six people on all at once. And can I say something about that? It is so much fun. I've been having a blast over there running with friends and people that I didn't really know that well and it's just been a lot of fun because you can mentor down to someone's level and help them or go with them and you can earn experience that way. Um, yeah, and having the glue event was, was fabulous. Yeah, on that note, the, the mentoring system in Rift is really kind of outstanding. There's, there's simply no reason not to. You, when you mentor down, um, the experience that you receive is irrelevant to whatever the mobs are. So if you're, if you're level 50, whatever, like Roxanne and I are, we mentor, mentor down to 20, we're getting the, um, the amount of experience we would be getting if we were fighting mobs of our level, regardless of what level the mobs are. Now, if you're doing a dungeon and the boss drops level 20 gear, you still, the boss still drops level 20 gear, that doesn't change. But if you do the, the daily or the random or whatever, even with a full group, we did like the, the two or three dungeons we did during the glue event with Sayla and Burley, we just we packed up the group with five people and hit random and went to whatever dungeon it went to. The gear reward that you get at the end of that, the extra sort of little bonus that you get, is uh, appropriate to your level as well. So you, you get gear, you get a level appropriate experience, you get a group bonus for being in a group, and you get a mentoring bonus for mentoring down. Plus, it's a lot of fun. How many expansions are there for Rift right now? Is it just the one? one? Just the one, yep. you got to come try it, though. The, the next one has already been teased. Not, like, a lot of information, but it's already been teased, so it's it's in their heads over at Tryon. I have to admit, I, I haven't seen that. Really? Yeah, it was just a, a forum post where they're they're looking at new souls to add. Oh, okay. I, I had no idea. They I mean, would, fill in, they would fill in the gaps that are missing now. Like, I want to say, like, the healing rogue, or, like, the healing warrior and the tanking mage. 
that right. kind of thing. Right. Right. You know, fill in the couple gaps that are still there so that everybody would have a, a, full, a full, true shot at all the roles. Right. They're pretty Thank open as it is. Yeah, I know. Tanking mage and healing tank and healing warriors. Well, you know, if you did and a healing rogue. If you did, you know, Gruel the Dragon Killer in in uh, the second WoW or the first WoW expansion, you needed a tanking mage. Yeah, we did. I was going to say, but you know, Spell made a great tanking mage. I had to heal her constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to get it. And a healing warrior—that's just a paladin to me. So I. Yeah, that's that's not the stretch for sure. And they already have healing rogues, rocks the Bart. Oh yeah, I know. Pa- paladins I know. aren't people. Oh, and there's and work. Oh, I got a dog barking. Hold on. Yeah, and while while we're waiting for Bo to come back, just to mention this, if you're thinking about you know playing Rift, come play with us. We got people that can make you gear and weapons, and you'll have a blast. I am actually finding the hard drive that I have Rift back up on right now as we speak. Very good. Excellent. Now, it's been a while since we talked last. Has your opinion of the cash shop changed at all since last time? Uh, no, no. I think the the cash shop is, uh, was implemented well and, and remains. I think the only the only thing I don't like is, like, all of the vendors in the game now kind of open up a cash shop window. Yes. So, like, even if you want to sell your gray garbage... It opens up a window that takes up three quarters of your screen. Yeah, and it's it it if they've got, they've taken the step of creating the little sell gray items button, they should just have that in the corner of your bag. Yeah. In Star Wars, that. you send your companion off to sell your stuff for you. Either that, or don't bother with the gray well, with the gray true. items and just give you more cash. Yeah. Like a, a whole bag of money. Not to be right. derailing, but what I was about to say before the parking dog is Warcraft, actually, you can be a tanking warlock. And yes, it is it's somewhat viable, probably only in five minutes to a certain extent. But it's 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 really there. It's kind of fun. It's actually fun to do. Yeah, in the, in the demonology tree with a glyph that adds a taunt to your... I forget which pet it is. Actually... It turns you, the demon that you turn into in the demon tree. Oh, yeah. yeah. adds more hit points and, and armor, you know, damage reduction, and blah, blah, blah. So you're mean, not pet tanking. You're actually physically tanking with your warlock. Yeah, you, so. you, you become a physical tank. Yeah, it's kind of a oh-crap moment type thing. Yeah, it's, right? a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a panic button. It's not a like a full okay. roll. I see. But when they added, like, the necessary glyphs and stuff way back in the, the Mist's beta, um, it was one of the most popular things I'd ever seen on the Blizzard forums. Um, people actually thought they were going to add a Warlock tank spec, and it was almost unanimously loved. Um, so there's, there's still speculation going on that in the next expansion, Warlocks and probably Hunters will both get a tanking spec. Wow. The hunters wow. would be uh, would be like the the current speculation is a pet tank with some kind of like you take control of the pet kind of thing or a player mitigation of some kind. Yeah. yeah. So that's just works. The tank dies. You hit it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really nice panic button. 
cool. uh, that the Warlocks have. Well, you know, I thought, um, wow, you could tank with your pet. No? You can, but not particularly well. Not in dungeons. Okay. I mean, not... No, not... Well, a regular five-man, if you're overgeared, sure you can. But, oh, yeah, sure. But if you're doing, you know, if you're doing appropriate level content, your pet can... I mean, you can turn the taunt on, and it can act... Like the Warlock, it can act as a panic button, but it cannot take sustained dungeon-level damage. Um, I mean, pets have, like, 60% player stats, so it's not... It's not. It's not really viable as a long-term solution. Yeah, I didn't mean to derail. Accurate. Well, and Tryon is sort of blowing up right now. Defiance seems to be popular. I don't know how it's doing, um, but it seems to be popular. They're running a contest now to get your character into season two of the TV show. Right. Um, they're bringing um, Arcage. To the U.S. Um, it's a game that's currently out in Korea. Um, when we had Mark Jacobs on, he actually mentioned it a couple times. When he just, you know, the, the man can talk, so it's kind of hard to follow him all the time. But a couple times he snuck in mentions of other games. Um, and, you know, obviously he mentioned ESO a couple times because Matt Firor, who's the lead on that game, worked for him at Mythic. Um, but the other one he mentioned was Arcage, and he mentioned it twice. I went back and listened to it recently. He mentioned it twice. I didn't ask him to expand on it because I didn't know much about the game, but um, it won all kinds of awards for its showing at E3. Apparently it is um, still going to have combat-focused, but as far as sandbox MMOs go, apparently it's big and wide-ranging. Um, I'm always leery of the games that come over from Asia because most of the time they're interminable grindfests. But Arcage has got a lot of naked. yes, and people are naked. And Arcage is good, but Arcage has got a lot of positive buzz going for it. And Tryon is bringing that out here. Um, so Tryon seems to be, I guess, I would say that they're replacing Turbine as your go-to MMO company right now because you know Turbine, Asheron's Call, Asheron's Call Two, Lord of the Rings Online, um, DDO, but. You know, they're, they've fallen on hard times. They haven't had a hit in a while, and now it seems like Tryon has taken that place. Roxanne, can you spell naked for me? <laughs> N-E-K-K-I-D. Naked. That's right. At least I didn't say butt naked. I tried um, I tried to find briefly. Um, I, I keep meaning to get back into it and, and give it a proper go. Um, but I, I kind of just downloaded it, made a character, and then I hopped in real quick not without paying too much attention to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I don't know. It's My first impressions are... are. I guess my first impressions are I'm not sure. You know, it's enough. I, it, it was interesting enough for me to want to go back and try it again. Long term, I'm not sure it's the kind of game I would play for a particularly long time, but, you know, it's certainly intriguing. It's, it's basically... It's rift in shooter form. I mean, essentially, the the big events in there, well, they call them Arc Falls, are essentially Rift Invasions. Um, so Tryon is certainly iterating on a theme. Um, I thought it was, I just played a, like a free weekend they had, and I thought, I thought it was really fun, but I couldn't, I couldn't buy it. I, you know, I'm moving at the end of the month. I couldn't afford to buy a $60 box game, but I would like to get into Defiance. It seems like a good game. The first zone is a little dreary for my tastes. 
They uh, hey, after which remember the uh, the uh, sale you mentioned? Yes. To me, that was actually for people who had been invited to participate in the sale. Ah. So I, I wrote them asking. I said, listen, I, I heard about the sale and I'm trying to buy the game and blah blah blah. blah. And uh, they explained to me, well, I'm sorry, it's it's not available. We you know we we only gave it to people that we emailed it to. Um, but he sent me a coupon, so I was able to buy the game for like $35 instead of $30. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's good customer service. That it is. The difference between you spending $35 and you spending $0 is worth them doing that. Absolutely. And there was no skin off this guy's back. Are you talking about Defiance, the game? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll have to look at that. And it's nice that Defiance, Defiance is out. Firefall open beta started today. Um, it's nice that somebody's starting to develop MMO shooters that aren't entirely PvP and RVR based combat. I mean, Planet Side is an MMO shooter, but there's nothing there's nothing in that game that's safe. Um, it's a brutal war torn hellscape. Every second you're in it, where somebody could kill you. Essentially, so it's nice that it's nice that the MMO shooters with PVE content are starting to come out. I mean, if you are a PvP player, it is like your wet dream. Yes, um, Planet Side Two is probably everything you've asked for. If, it's, if you're a PvP player, it's oh, yeah. it's Call of Duty blown up to take up the entire world. This <laughs> sounds like you I logged into that thing and died like I don't know 50 times in the first minute. I mean, it was ridiculous. Hmm. It's brutal. Now, what was the not uh, defi- defiance, but the next game you were talking about? What was that again? Firefall. 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 That is an MMO shooter. Um, Mark Kern, who we opened the podcast talking about his article. Um, former, he was a former dev at Blizzard who worked on the the original release of Warcraft. Is now one of the leads at Red Five Entertainment on Firefall. It's a it's an MMO third person shooter. So you look over your character's shoulder while he carries a big gun, or she. Um, PVE, lots of PVE content. It's got PVP content. It's got the PVP content is arranged in such a way that it could be like. Um, esports type stuff um, like League of, League of Legends or you know like Halo um, as far as the esports world goes so it's got that kind of content in it OJ has been talking about it on the forum probably more yeah, than anybody OJ is all right? about it yeah he's in the yeah. beta he was in the the closed beta the open beta open today so now anybody, anybody can get in um, oh. for the third time in Firefall I have downloaded a 4 plus gig patch um, ouch because well they were doing open beta weekends for a long time and I participated in some of those and yeah like three different times now I've had four and a half gig patches to download for the game DVD sized patches wow that's uh, robust yeah it's up there the problem I was running into early on in the beta is that it didn't run very well on my computer which doesn't make sense and I just chalked it up to being a you know a beta so hopefully this stage you know six months later it's better. Now, say the way OJ's been talking about it, it kind of makes me want to give it a shot. But, you know, I can't pay attention to all of these games. i got to focus. And like I told you on the forum, you are not allowed to start playing a new game until D&D night happens. 
Yes. Yes. You guys are all excited. I have never played tabletop D and D. Oh, that's right. So you got well, all excited, Bo? and I feel like you're pulling the football away from me. I've never played. <laughs> Just call me Lucy. I, the best part of that analogy is that it makes tallow Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's I'm, no Charlie Brown. I'm more like Linus. What? You're more like some kind of hopped-up Terminator. Well, it just turns on my water. Terminator water. and Charlie Brown, but... <laughs> well, do you guys have any, any parting thoughts for tonight? I want to start winding it down. Um, well, you know, Tala, you're right. Um, we need to organize that... Uh, online game of D&D and I will work on that this week so if you're listening and you want to participate in that uh, just shoot me a PM and in case you haven't noticed Roxanne um, from some point I believe last week I began and will continue to respond to all of your posts with the word scarf Uh well listen I'm learning how to make my own yarn I'm spinning my own yarn so this is how this entire process is going to go the next step is she's going to be raising her own alpaca <laughs> my wife has talked about that several times we've talked about that I'm never she has brought that up years ago the alpaca thing she could put up she could she could probably knit this thing in like a couple of days but instead we're going to go and like we're going to go bioengineer specific alpaca to grow blue hair and she's going to no, make her yarn, no, no. and I'm going to be buried before I see this thing. No, no, I promise you I will get it done. I just haven't found the right yarn. You know what I mean? I don't want to do some cheapy scarf. You know? Well, you had found the right stuff. You said you found the... No, first. I've been knitting yarn, on it, yarn. and it's like yuck. I know, yarn is yarn. I mean, is anybody no, else... No, it's not. Yarn has- is not... As somebody who has several pairs of hand-knitted socks, yarn is not all yarn. There's there's a vast quality difference between certain brands of yarn. Callow, this is, this is just for demonstration purposes only. How about this? You send me the pattern, I'll give it to my wife, and she'll crank out a couple scarves, because she turned in her Ph.D. dissertation this past weekend, so she's bored. Cool. That's right. She knits, right? Yes. Well, she did before she started writing her dissertation. I'm sure she'll start again. Thank you, socks. Hand knitted socks, just, I don't know. That doesn't sound So, uh, you're suggesting that I send your doctor wife a pattern to knit a scarf? No, I will do it. I promise I will do it. I'll do it this week. Although, if she knows it'll help me, it'll get me one up on Roxy, then she won't do it. Hey, your wife is a saint. Okay, let's go through some birthdays. Birthday. Yes, let's go through birthdays. We'll do them in age order. Valak will be turning 18. Apparently, I will be turning 32. <laughs> um, Alistair will be turning 40. Koran will be turning 43. Raveni will be turning 50. And Roxanne will be turning 129. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> hey, when is your birthday, Tala? August 2nd. That- It'll be the day after I moved to Kansas. Wow, that's close to mine. No wonder we get along so good. You guys notice, like, the big age difference? It's like, we're either all really stinking old, or we're all really stinking young. Where's the middle, you know? Hey, speak for yourself. How's the middle? He's the middle. Middle child. He's the 30s. Early 30s. 
See, and I'm 29, so there you go. Uh-huh. You don't have a lot of 30-somethings, though, I don't think. I think How many times right. have you turned 29? Well, that is none of your concern. See, that's the thing. A gentleman never asks a lady about her age, and Bo called me about it. Hey, Lakasha never complained that I said how old she was turning on the podcast. Not one word did she say. Well, that's not all right, one. but, you know, as so a lady... I, I saw them laugh at you. I didn't ask you your age. I just laughed when I saw 29. You're just jealous because your real age is up there. That he put up there. Yeah, that he put up there. And for the record, he is older than I am. (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Can you believe it? Okay, what about Riff? Riff looks like a great game. Let's talk about that. (laughs) All right, I'm going to start wrapping it up. Um, Everybody remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or via the RSS feed in any other podcast manager if you're not a slave to Apple. Um, please leave feedback on iTunes or on the forum posts. We like feedback. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we suck at. Um, try and guess Roxy's real age if anybody gets it. Um, we'll give you the first. We'll give you the scarf. Um, so that'll, that's out there. Um, you guys have any final thoughts? I hope everyone has a pleasant gaming week. And oh, shall we talk about our guest for next week? No, not until I confirm the date. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I can't tell anyone? No. Next week, special guest, maybe. That's all you can say. <laughs> no. That's going to make me crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's right. it, everybody give me a hail nor and we'll sign off. Hail nor. I win. Hail no more, sorry, I had my mic. Hail Noor. Good night, everybody. <laughs>